Well, welcome to this uh, evening service on April the 19th, 6.30pm. My name is Nigel Parfit. I'm one of the lay readers here at Holy Trinity. Our text tonight that we are basing the sermon on is Psalm 110. It's one in a series we're doing on the Psalms. So you might like to turn to it in your Bible or on your phone, but I will read it out to you now. So Psalm 110, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. This is a psalm that's attributed to King David, uh, writing this at the latter end of his life. Well, we live, don't we, of course, in interesting times uh, and troubled times uh, with the lockdown and all the problems of the virus and people um, being very ill and dying in hospital. However, this has been a situation for people throughout the ages in one form or another. Times that are challenging, times that are dangerous, times when people died of disease and warfare. And we see this, don't we, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In the New Testament period, life was cheap. People who lived under the Roman occupation. Life was cheap. The Jewish people were a conquered people. Slavery was common. And we see this, of course, also in the Old Testament, where people lived with warfare, conquering people, slavery, and, of course, ill health. And it's it's within this context that we read of the people of Israel, the Jewish people, and their search for their God, a search for safety, a homeland and self-rule. This Psalm 110 is found within this context. It's written by David. It looks back at David's life. David, of course, was Israel's greatest king. And it looks also at his conquest of the city of Jerusalem. But the Psalm is also one that looks forward to the coming hope of the Messiah. That is a person who would lead the people both politically and militarily. It would lead them to freedom. But it was also looking towards a person, a Messiah, who would be a priest that speaks of God and intercedes with God for them. The psalm speaks of a hope for Israel which was, of course, what the religious people of his time were looking forward to, a recurring theme within their national life. Remember, there had been the deliverance 
from slavery within Egypt, which foreshadows the story of salvation that runs throughout the Old Testament. Well, we might well ask ourselves, what is the significance of this psalm, both in the Bible and within our lives today, within this lockdown period? Well, the importance of this psalm is that it points us towards the Messiah who was to come, the person that would lead and bring salvation to his people. And so it's called a messianic psalm. And it is a psalm that is also very important within the New Testament because we read of it, uh, there are quotes, quotes, it is quoted a total of 27 times in the New Testament. Verse 1 is quoted 27 times and verse 4 is quoted 7 times. And so the New Testament Quotes make it clear that, that this psalm is a messianic psalm. It begins and ends with the Messiah. In it, David expresses his faith in the Messiah. Matthew Henry, that great Bible commentator, states this concerning this psalm. He says this, this psalm is pure gospel. It is only and holy concerning Christ the Messiah promised to the fathers and expected by them. Well, we have passed through the period of Easter, haven't we? Where we, where if we are followers of Jesus, we have remembered and celebrated the last period of Jesus' life on earth, his death and bodily resurrection. We have celebrated that Jesus conquered death he rose again. He appeared to many people. He promised that his followers would also rise and meet with him in eternity. It's a great hope for us in these troubled times. However, this should also bring to focus these questions that I have for us tonight. Who was Jesus? Who was Jesus? And what does his life mean to us? Well, many within our families, within our friendship circles and society have a basic belief in a form of God, some being that is beyond this world. Others, of course, have no acceptance of even this vague understanding of a God. So the question then, who is Jesus and what does he have to do with God is an important one. Some will say, of course, that Jesus was a good man, a great moral teacher, but nothing more. Well, what evidence do we have that Jesus was the Messiah prophesied about so long ago? Well, these questions, of course, aren't just restricted to us in our present time. No, they're questions that have been asked by people ever since Jesus lived and walked on this earth. In fact, these are the questions that even the religious people of his day were asking. We read of this in Matthew's Gospel. Look at Matthew chapter 22. Jesus had been teaching the crowds and through the use of parables or stories with the meaning, he had challenged the religious leaders. He had silenced 
the Sadducees, who didn't believe in bodily resurrection. And as a result of this, the Pharisees planned to try to trap him. So Jesus asked them a question given to us in Matthew chapter 22, verse 41. Jesus says this, what do you think about the Christ? He's talking to the Pharisees here. He says, whose son is the Christ? Well, the Pharisees answer, the Christ is the son of David. That's what they believe. And so Jesus replies with a quote from this psalm. He quotes verse 1. Look what verse 1 says. Verse 1 says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstools. Jesus challenges their understanding of who the Messiah was to be, the son of David. But what was this Messiah to be like? What were they waiting for? Well, this psalm, Psalm 110, gives us four of the prophetic characteristics of this Messiah. So the first characteristic is this. He was to be a leader. He was to be both a political and a military leader. Look at verse 2. It says this, The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. And then we've also got the reference in Psalms in, in verse 3. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy majesty. From the womb of the dawn, you will receive the dew of your youth. So this Messiah then was to be a leader. That's the first characteristic. But the second characteristic is this. He was to be a king. Look at verse 2. It says, you will rule. And there are other references to the kingship of this Messiah. They're found in Psalm 2, verse 6, that this king would be heir to King David's throne. The Messiah would be called king. We read of it also in Zechariah 9, verse 9, 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 and 13, that the Messiah would be the heir to David's king, David's throne. Isaiah 9, verse 7. So then, was Jesus this king? Well, we read in Matthew chapter 21, before Easter, that as Jesus rides into Jerusalem before the last of the Passover festivals, the crowds who are there waiting to greet him, they cry out, Hosanna to the son of David. Their actions and cries show that Jesus is the son of David. Again, a reference to verse 1. Jesus himself answers the question asked by many during his lifetime. Who are you? We read of this in Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus, through quoting these verses, is implying this is who he is. This is a theme that's repeated in Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 36, and chapter 14, verse 62, where we read this quote. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on clouds of heaven. Re reference, of course, to his second coming. 
But not only is this psalm referred to in the Gospels, it's also referred to many times in other parts of the New Testament where Jesus is being described, explained and shared. So we read of Luke's writing in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, where he says this. He's speaking within his sermon. He says this, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, then, is the Messiah, Luke writes. The Messiah that was to be a leader and a king. So the two characteristics we've had, then, is that he will be a leader and a king. The third characteristic, though, is given in verse 4 of our psalm. Look what it says in verse 4. It says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And this phrase is explained in, in Hebrews chapter 7. The whole chapter is given over to this. But we find in verse 21 the reference to verse 4 of Psalm 110. Jesus as priest who lives forever. In Hebrews 7 verse 23 it says this, Now there has been many of those priests since the death prevented them from continuing in office. But because of Jesus, but because Jesus lives forever, he is a permanent priesthood. Therefore he is able to save completely. So the third characteristic then is that the Messiah is to be a priest. But the fourth, char fourth characteristic is that he is to be a judge. We read this in verse 6, which says, He will ex execute judgment among the nations. We also read of this in Acts, Luke's writing again, and in Paul's writing in Corinthians that Jesus is the Messiah as a judge. So in Acts 10 verse 42 we read, And he ordered us to preach to the people, and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be rec recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And of course, we read of the second coming of Jesus and the judgment that will follow in the book of Revelation. So there we have the four characteristics of the Messiah given in this psalm. He will be a lord, he will be a king, he will, be a, he will be a judge and he will be a priest. So how can I conclude then in these troubled times where there is much sorrow and loss of life? Well, I believe that we can be encouraged that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah who offers us the opportunity to have a relationship with him. We can have the confidence in Jesus because we have the witnesses of the writings found in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, of which this psalm is just a small part. 
We have the witnesses, of course, of Jesus' words as recorded in the Gospels. We have the witnesses of the followers of Jesus, like Luke and the writer of the Hebrews. And we, of course, have got the witnesses of those who were prepared to die for following Jesus. So the question for us tonight, then, is who is this Jesus and how do we respond to him? Do we respond by asking him to be our saviour, relying that he died on the cross to take the sins that we commit so that we can spend eternity with him? Well, can I encourage you this time? Take time to read the Gospels. Take time to search for the Lord and to call upon his name in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you for the witness that it bears that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus came to offer us salvation, that we can have the opportunity to accept it and to believe in him and to have the hope of the resurrection. Amen.